So, Alec. Yeah, what? Why do you have me up so early? I'm busy today. You're busy today? We're recording at 9 in the morning, folks. Yeah. Right, like a job. I don't know what that is. This is a job. I hope you guys are happy. You're making us miserable. (laughs) See, I'm turning it around on them. This is a job? So who are we putting over? Hey, (laughs) wrestling joke. We're putting over Chris and the other listeners. You guys are the champs now. Chris and the assumed other listeners. Yeah, there's probably like two others. We're going to have to spend a lot of money printing out uh, 3D printing belts for these guys. What do you mean? Just, We're giving them away belts? Well, they're belts? the champs. We, they're the champs. We, we put them over. They need a belt. I'm, they need a title. Sorry. They should be doing the job for us. We're the champs. We're the ones that are awake at 9 in the morning. I didn't know that yeah, the fucking true. morning went this early. Okay. <laughs> I definitely know that. <laughs> I prefer to wake up, I would say, 10.45. That's the perfect time to wake up, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. We're up early the night after an absolute pummeling. Just really, a man completely destroyed in front of us. A, a, a victor rising above him, clad in gold. And I am, of course, referring to Bernie Sanders' absolute drumming of everybody else in Nevada. Wow. Can't believe he lasted the trip. <laughs> lasted the trip? What do you mean? To Nevada. That's a long distance. I felt like he, his heart or his liver or something would have given out. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> He's an Iron Man, baby. Have you seen him shooting hoops? Wow, he can throw a basketball? He can he can fucking swing a baseball bat, baby. Whoa, does his shoulder disintegrate? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> don't don't you be mean to Bernie. But I have to. I'm the heel of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back to this bullshit. God damn it. Yeah. Hey folks, this is What's NXT. I'm Tristan Marsh. I'm Alec Pasio. And speaking about going backwards, baby, how about that Johnny Gargano Tommaso Ciampa feud for 2020? Okay, so uh <laughs> I didn't watch Takeover. I didn't either. There's a reason that neither of us did, and it's not because we're boycotting or we're mad about NXT or anything. Where's the Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano feud coming from? Johnny Gargano interfered with the match between Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa by hitting Ciampa with the belt and allowing Cole to retain. Uh, Then uh, Ciampa comes out and he's 
giving a big speech about Johnny Gargano. There can't be Tommaso Ciampa if there's Johnny Gargano in NXT. That was this week. So it sounds like we're going back a year (laughs) so that these TV guys can see the shit that we already saw that was great. Can see one of these great Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano matches that they fucking missed out on because they were watching Rusev get cucked for the fifth time on Raw. Yeah, that was the exact (laughs) impression that I was getting. And I was a little upset about it because I said, I understand it's money. It's a money feud. It was the best feud of the last year. But I feel like at this point, for the people who've been watching NXT the entire time, this is a huge step back. How could we possibly get anything out of this more? It, it just seemed like a big ugh. And I guess they were just trying to make it more um, exciting by having Johnny be the one to turn. But it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> I've had the results spoiled to me for TakeOver. There's some stuff that I really liked and some stuff that I really didn't like in the lead up to TakeOver. Maybe I would feel completely differently if I actually watched these matches. You know, like there's like a visceral quality to matches that can sometimes make you rethink results and booking and stuff. But... yeah. I look at these results, and weirdly, for a takeover, almost every title belt match, I'm like, oh, they screwed that up. And almost every grudge match, I'm like, oh, they actually did the right thing this time. Hmm. Dakota Kai, apparently, uh, uh, with the help of Reyna, now... Something else Gonzalez. She's no longer Reina Gonzalez, which is stupid, but... Yeah, I think they did a gimmick change on her because she doesn't look like a cowboy anymore in her backstage interviews. So I don't know... Which sucks! Doing the Stan Han- yeah, I don't know if she's doing the Stan Hansen thing, which I'm disappointed as a big Stan Hansen guy. Absolutely. I wish... I mean, we, we could have, like, another guy do Stan Hansen, but there, there needs to be a Stan Hansen. There absolutely needs to be a Stan Hansen. There always needs to be a Stan Hansen. Yeah. Dakota Kai beats Tegan Knox with the help of Reina Gonzalez. Apparently that didn't go over well in the arena because nobody knew who Reina Gonzalez was, which is stupid because she's fucking Reina Gonzalez. She kicks ass. Yeah, she's been on the TV show a couple of times, and she's been doing the rounds. Like, we saw her at Evolve, which was great. Yeah, and she put on a hell of a performance. That's probably what you need to do right now, especially if, like, Dakota Kai is still, like, in this nascent heel stage. Yeah, give her the win, right? Sure. Johnny Gargano uh, lost to Finn Balor. That works well. Yeah, especially if Johnny's going to turn on his buddy later. That works. Especially if Johnny's going to turn on his buddy later. But I will say something. Finn Balor, his new promo style works so well. When they were doing those side-by-side promos, the like, oh, they're video conferencing into a promo. They're like fucking slacking a promo. 
Johnny's promos just were like, I kind of felt a little unnatural. Finn Balor, when he gets the grumpy face, it it fucking all pulls together for me. Yeah. Finn Balor has that kind of face that could be a very good heel face. I know he's had a lot of res- uh, a lot of uh, success as the uh, baby face on the other brands, but uh, I like him as the heel because if he just glosses up his face a little bit and you know muscles it up, he looks like a Frankenstein monster. Oh yeah, and and he looks he looks really mean in a convincing yeah. way, whereas Johnny trying to do this like ha see that's what i'm talking about this doesn't feel like you actually have any emotional stakes in this match do you think either of them were wearing pants do you think it's like a real slack conference where everybody's not wearing pants are are you talking about like what i'm doing right now well i can see that you're doing a bad job of it cuz i can see that you're not wearing pants but, uh, I mean, you know, like in a traditional sense, anytime anybody calls into work on a video conference, they're not wearing pants. That's the assumption. Yeah, of course. Right. Well, see, I, I respect you enough to fully lounge on the couch and show you that I'm not wearing pants. You're pissed off that I asked you to record this early, so you decided <laughs> to show me your hog. <laughs> That's yeah, what basically. Was. Yeah. Come on. Now you're the heel of the podcast. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Showing people your hog is not a heel move in wrestling. That's true. In 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 other things, it very much is. But in wrestling, it, it during is. a during a promo, I don't know. It might be. <laughs> yeah. So uh... Finn Balor cutting a promo, and the camera is just focused two feet lower than it normally really? is. He reaches up towards the camera and grabs it and pulls it down. <laughs> You're going to look at it. <laughs> I feel like since my heel turn, I haven't been getting in those great shots of my hog. Hogs are for bad guys too, guys. Obviously, I think that Keith Lee should have gone over Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah, I, well, like, I like Dominic Dijakovic. But I like, do too. But he's not... He doesn't have the crowd support that Keith Lee has. And could you imagine the upset that it would be? He'd be like hated and not in a good like heel kind of way. It would be like you took away our favorite guy's thing. He spent like three or four months flirting with being a, a weird racist. You gotta you gotta keep the belt on the guy who has a consistent gimmick, which is look at how fucking big I am. Dijak came in so late. That his gimmick is guaranteed. Look at how fucking big I am. His slogan is feast your eyes. Yeah, yeah. You just can't do it. Keith Lee's is bask in my glory, which is also like, check out how fucking big I am. Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. He beat him to it. He is big enough that when he runs out at the Royal Rumble and Brock Lesnar yells at the camera, ooh, big boy. That is believable. If if Dijakovic came out, I don't think that you would be able to pull off that response from Brock Lesnar. No, because he's a tall boy. Yeah. He belongs on the he belongs on the legs of one Kazuchika Okada. <laughs> Man, wow, could you imagine Okada sitting on his shoulders and like playing like chicken fight in a pool? 
and Okada is wearing that that skirt that he sometimes yeah. comes out oh, at. So it kind of goes down on his head. No, no, no. It goes all the way to the floor, and he's like, "I just grew six feet." Oh yeah. And then when he rips him off, Dijak is there and he yells, "Feast your eyes!" <laughs> See, I'm 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 saying he doesn't rip oh, it off, oh. and and he spends wow. the entire match trying to figure out how to do a rainmaker from twelve feet in the air. Well, then, I mean, the real uh, the real option is that his third arm, which is Dijak's arm, comes out from the skirt and grabs him, and then he he rainmakers him that way. Okada's like got to a hell that. of a dick right now. Yeah, right. I'd like to see that. Or he literally puts them on the top rope and then just rainmakers them. Ooh, that's good. But I kind of would like to see a match now between two, two tag teams where they're doing the two little kids dressed up in a trench coat thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think that would be really cool. <laughs> That would be really good, now. Oh, man. So this week, there was some fallout from that Keith Lee-Dijak match, where okay. Dijak gets into the ring while Keith Lee... Okay, so this was our appearance of our boy, Kona Reeves. So Kona comes out to fight Keith Lee, and he interrupts him giving a speech about how cool it is to be champ still or whatever. Like, he didn't even get to start. Kona comes out, Kona grabs a mic, and he gets punched in the mouth immediately, so he doesn't get to say anything. Keith Lee says, yeah, Keith Lee says, you can ring the bell now. They ring the bell. <laughs> Kona Reeves runs at him. He gets hit once. He gets uh, he gets power slammed, and then he's pinned immediately. So it's about a 20-second match. Oh, no. I'm going to have to. <laughs> that's going to be the highlight of my of my watching. I know. I was. I, I said, I, I got to tell you, it was basically the best thing that happened in the whole episode. Because I was just so happy to see Kona Reeves again. But then when Keith Lee goes to pick up the mic again or something, Dijak comes out. And Dijak says, I can't I can't let it go. I'm sorry, Keith, but I can't let it go. He actually says it like that. It's really good. I, I would have beat you. I had done this move. He did a fucking Spanish fly from the top rope, apparently. So I guess we probably should try and watch highlights of that match. Because I'd love to see... Dijak doing a Spanish <laughs> fly to Keith Lee from the top rope. So he said, that Spanish fly was supposed to set you up so that I could finish you off with the feast of your eyes. But I fucked up my back with it when I did it. So I, <laughs> so I couldn't pick you up. Like, he gave, like, all these excuses. But then Keith Lee said, if, if, if. You're giving me a mountain of, a mountain of ifs or whatever he said. And uh, that none of that stuff happened. So I did win. But he said... The one thing that they always say when we get in the ring together, and then he points at the crowd, and they all say, fight forever. He said, if you get Regal, if you get Regal to sign off on it, we can fight forever. And then he leaves, or whatever. They get mad at each other, and then they leave. And the thing is, we do want to see him fight forever, because they're really great. But that was last year. See, this is the same thing as, the same thing as Gargano and Champa. This was last year. I was getting very, I was like, what? Insane to me. And it's the second time that somebody gets on the mic, because you, you didn't see this either. The same thing happens to our boy Austin Theory. Because Austin Theory is out waiting for a match, 
and Champa interrupts his entrance so he could start giving a speech about Johnny Gargano. And then when Austin Theory goes after him, he beats the shit out of Austin Theory for like three minutes. Ah, oh, that sucks. Yeah, he just smashes him. He throws him out of the ring and he throws him against the barricades like 40 times. He picks him up and he keeps throwing him against different barricades. If they actually go through with it, we're willing to give Ciampa and Austin Theory a feud. I think that that would be great. They are. They're going to do that because next week he's going to fight him. They have the physiques to very, like, complement each other, you know? Yes, but I think when you watch it, you're, you're going to see, because Austin Theory is very new to them. Yeah. He's got to win this. He looked like a fucking dum-dum. He looked like a real wimp. They're geeking him out. He got thrown into like 18 barricades. I'm not lying when I'm saying that barricade segment lasted over a minute. And then he went back in and he did it again. So Mm -hmm. he really made him look bad. So he's got to win. He's got to win that match. He's not going to win that match, though. He can't. He's not. You're right, because they still have to do a Gargano Champa thing, and it's not going to happen. So I don't know what they're going to do with Austin Theory, because he is... That sucks, because he's good. But, like, to have him keep getting his ass kicked... It's not good. I mean, I could see maybe, like, if you get Gargano to interfere so he can win or something, but he has to he has to beat the shit out of Champa now, because that was really bad. I don't like them continuing the Keith Lee-Dijakovic feud. I think that that needs to be put on ice for a minute. But I do like the idea of Dominic Dijakovic being addicted to getting his ass kicked by Keith Lee. It was very good. I just can't help myself. I need to fight you again. And Keith Lee is like, man, like, give it a few minutes. No, no, no. You don't understand. I need this. Yeah, it it's very good, and I like the way that their personalities play off, and I like the way that their relationship is kind of acted out, because, yeah, they're pissed at each other, and yeah, they're, like, competitive or whatever, but I feel like they, the respect that they have for each other does show through, or whatever. It's good. For some reason, they've taken Dominic Dijakovic's gimmick. Him being a racist didn't work out, so now they're like, what if he's just kind of a weenie, even though he's seven feet tall? That's very funny. Yeah. A guy that tall and that good at wrestling, but everything he says is just the, like, most weenie-ass shit is, like, very funny. It is pretty funny. I I kind of hope that they keep doing it, at least with Keith Lee. After that, I think it doesn't really make sense, but definitely with Keith Lee it does. We also had... God damn, I almost said Shayna Baszler again. Uh, I know, it's not, hard not, not to say not, it. Not Shayna Baszler. We had women's champ Rhea Ripley defeating Bianca Belair. Let me start off with the good stuff. Yeah. I really liked the lead up to this match. It was very good, yeah. Uh, we got to see Bianca Belair continuing to just completely nail her character she's so she's so good on the mic and she's so good in the ring it's unfucking real she's she's definitely one of the strongest people in that division at all like she's really good character wise she's knocking it out of the park you know that you have something good 
when you can just completely steal a line from Mean Girls and still have it go over, you know? Oh, yeah. Her repeatedly telling Charlotte Flair that she don't even go here is very funny. And and every single time I was like, ah, that's from Mean Girls. (laughs) Like, you know, sometimes you can steal something and it is just kind of lame and pathetic and you're like oh can't you come up with something on your own but she has come up with so much stuff on her own oh yeah that it's a funny reference you know and i i just really i really enjoyed especially her interactions with charlotte flair the only thing that i'm a little disappointed about with this uh title defense is that i kind of wanted to see bianca versus charlotte i thought it would be great (laughs) One of the big things that didn't work is Bianca didn't win. Yeah, I think that's clear. And I think the thing that especially hurt me about that is why Bianca didn't win. And it's because they're clearly setting up some kind of uh, interbrand Charlotte Rhea Ripley feud, which... Yeah. I definitely want to see, but it means that they didn't want to take the belt off of Rhea yet. It means that she's going to have it going into WrestleMania. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a problem because we keep fucking feeding Bianca Belair to people and not having her win. And there are other women on the roster that you could have put in that, like, intermediary match position because Bianca has already done that like what twice now and she did that for Shayna she she did did that that for for Shayna twice I believe yeah Bianca is one of the best they have yeah absolutely and she's an old school style wrestler too which is really something that people are missing she does all the flips but she really feels like she's wrestling like you know it feels like an old time it's good. It's really good to watch. She's really fucking clean in the ring. And again, she also has maybe the best promo and gimmick maybe in NXT. Yeah, definitely. Probably the only person that can compete on that level is like an Adam Cole. She is just so amazing and for them to keep putting her in this position where she's the, well, we have to have a match person is like starting to feel a little disrespectful to me. They would normally be putting like an intercontinental belt on somebody like this. And they don't have one for the women. And I think that's an argument for why we need one because yeah. if you want to have Charlotte versus Rhea at WrestleMania, which they're doing, I mean, that's great. Do that. But we want to see a belt on the, some of the incredible like technical and, you know, character work wrestlers that you're not pushing for storyline reasons. And I think that that is like a real strong argument that she should have that. Which is why like, you know, Listen, I fucking love all gold Undisputed Era. Yeah. But, like, Keith Lee wins that belt, and it's like, oh, yeah, finally. 
Yeah, no, no, it makes you know? sense because he needed something. Remember, we were talking yeah. about we were agonizing over it. Like it's going to mess with storylines because if they don't give him, I was I was concerned that he needed to get the main belt. But I guess that people are happy enough with him getting North American. He he is the hottest guy on that show. It at least says something where you're like, right. okay, before they were ready to put <clears throat> the main belt on Adam Cole, they were like, oh, he should be the inaugural North yeah. American champion because like. Everybody fucking loves this guy, and we have him fucking jobbing out to people. What the fuck? I think that they really need something like that for the women's division just because there are women. I mean, look at Candace. Candace has been in so many big matches, but she's never been like a storyline figure. So she gets destroyed constantly, and she's like, she looks like a jobber all the time. Yeah. And it's not fair to her because she's really good. Like She's she really could be good, in yeah. contendership for one of those belts. You 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 know how many times Rhea is probably going to beat her up before WrestleMania now? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, this is ridiculous. Fucking love Rhea Ripley. Oh I yeah, mean, she's good. You know, she's very she's, good. She's a big hot metalhead bully wrestler, but she isn't as always refined on the mic as no Bianca Belair, and so. She could come off sounding robotic sometimes. She could come off sounding robotic. I also thought that if there's anyone that you kind of lean towards the tweener side when they do a face turn, it seems like it's Rhea Ripley. And her coming out after she won the belt and being like, I have all these memories and and they're never going to leave me because you guys are never going to leave me because we are NXT. And I was like, no, Ugh. that does not feel like in character. Like, oh. the reason that I fell in love with her as a wrestler is because, and maybe I'm like giving too much of the plot away here. Like I said before, she's a big hot bully and like, I want her to push me around. Okay. I don't want her to come out and be like, I'm going to be best friends with you, Tristan. I want her to come out and like slap me a couple of times. And You're a fucking pig, aren't you? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And she's like, yes, you are. Um, Tristan was lying on the couch before. So this is like a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, it, No, it just, I understand. Yeah, she needs to have that attitude. It doesn't feel like... You're coming out to a song called This Is My Brutality, and you have a leather jacket with chains hanging off of it, and you come out and you're like, man, I just love you guys. Yeah, you guys are the best. <laughs> Thanks for being my squad. I was waiting for that other shoe to drop where she was like, and then I won the belt, and then I rode around on your shoulders, and we all celebrated, and those are memories that I'm going to have forever. And they don't matter at all because what matters is I'm the best. Like, you know, I was waiting for something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair, like, clearly not liking each other. But, you know, kind of with the, the Champa stuff around Survivor Series where it's like... Yes, I did really appreciate I don't that. like you, but... We're technically on the same team here, so let's kick the shit out of Charlotte Flair. I, I thought that was great. I, I agree with you. Yeah, that was really, really good. I, I kind of 
hope that more stuff like that happens now that the match is set. At least it gives Bianca something cool to do. I, I really think an undercard an undercard belt in the women's division is way overdue. I mean, now Shayna doesn't have a belt. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many people who could get one now. It well, it I'm I'm still sense. guessing that even though they didn't do what I thought they were gonna do, which is bring Shayna to the main roster around Royal Rumble, I'm assuming that they're gonna do that around WrestleMania. They might, but you were bringing it up before that everything's pirate themed. Yeah, they might wait again until later to do their four horsewomen on four their eight horsewomen match and i know that you can't make it always so obvious like you wouldn't want to give somebody the belt like on their birthday or you know it's one of the reasons why why for so long people haven't won the belt in their hometown because like you don't want it to be obvious when somebody's gonna win but for Especially Bianca Belair to come out in the middle of February wearing a hand-sequined cape that reads Black History in the Making. It kind of feels a little weird that she didn't win that. Yeah, but you know what? That's like kind of... I understand she may have made the cape because she wanted to like have the moment and be oh yeah no yeah. i i get it but it's, it's, it's definitely like, like it, it definitely feels like if somebody from backstage was like here wear this cape and then she lost that was very <laughs> weird but i feel like she made the cape i, I think that's what happened but yeah I but I, I, I guess i guess i'm just having the disconnect of this is like your third or fourth takeover loss yeah. And that doesn't really feel like history in the making. That feels like in 40 years, there's going to be a 30 for 30. That's like, what could have been Bianca Belair, the greatest women's wrestler you don't know about? Yeah, I think I think she just needs to get some good wins. I mean, we saw her yeah, win at yeah. a takeover. It was Deanna Perazzo, but it was for the next week's show. So yeah, it wasn't sure. even like, yeah, I mean, like, she's winning a lot, but it's not where it counts. And again, yeah, just that belt. Come on, give us that belt. <laughs> yeah, give us the belt. Yeah. We want the belt. Give me the belt. <laughs> <laughs> and the inaugural women's secondary belt holder, Alec Baccio. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to do an Andy Kaufman gimmick. <laughs> they don't, hey, look. The new guys don't know anything about it, so let's do it. Yeah, sure. And Jerry Although, the King Lawler is still alive. I can feud with him. Maybe I'll kill him <laughs> for real. Alexa Baccio power bombs <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler. Oh, no, I'd have to do the Santino thing and dress up like a woman. <laughs> but then uh, do the uh, Joey Janela Zandig spot with Jerry Lawler. Yeah. <laughs> Throw him off a roof through a bunch of flaming... Uh, light tubes. Operative word there is throw. I'm not going with them. <laughs> that was the mistake. That was the mistake Joey made. <laughs> I know that you love Santino Morella, but yes. uh, you know that he came out during the women's rumble and everybody's pissed off at him, right? Oh, this time? This year? Yeah. Oh, wow. He's back. <laughs> he's back as a pretty transphobic gimmick. Right. No, I know, but I think that they were just trying to do their stupid, like, oh, it's history stuff, ho, ho, ho. 
Yeah, but a bunch of people pointed oh, out like... no, there are a lot of problems with it. Yeah, it's not yeah. the 90s or the 2000s anymore. It's not that time. People can't sweep that shit under the rug. It's it's out there. Everybody knows that stuff is not cool to do. And on top of that, apparently there were a bunch of actual old like women stars that were like, I was trying to get on the R- Royal Rumble this year. Like they could oh, have, no. they could have brought up some like actual stars, and instead they were like, "We gotta have the transphobe gimmick." He's a man who thinks he's a lady. Can you believe it? Well, no. Nah, I thought the whole thing was that he was a sneaky bad guy who decided he wanted a belt, so he dressed up like a woman so he could win one. There's, there's a lot, yeah, a lot going on there, and not any of it is good. No, you're right about that. I mean, it was it was a little different back then when nobody really when not when nobody, but when the average wrestling viewer was not a very aware person and also when I mean we were a lot younger and dumber and didn't know what was going on. Even though If anything, back then I was smarter cuz back then I was like you had less hand injuries. Watching wrestling? <laughs> that's beneath me. Are you kidding? Oh, that's true. Yeah, we did kind of like <laughs> fall back. I, I, I actually was out of that too at that point in time as well. Oh, no. I never watched wrestling as a kid. Oh. I, ha- I was always better than this until I turned 28 and was like, you know what? I'm a fucking idiot and I'm just going to do this. Oh, that's interesting. I Yeah, that's not... I didn't realize that. I... Figured you'd watched around the same time I did. No. But you didn't. Nope. I mean, it was obvious I got into it because I love Street Fighter so much. And um, <laughs> my favorite wrestler when I was a kid was, uh, oh my God, Papa Shango. There you go. Because he lit a guy's hand on fire once. And I thought he was Dalsim. No, I thought that it was uh, Gold Dust because well, you've that never was been after. Papa Shango was before Gold Dust. Oh, okay. For me, because I didn't even see Gold Dust for a really long time. I think my first exposure to Goldust was when I was in high school or whatever, when I when he was teaming with Booker T, and it was fucking rad. Did you see him on Twitter being super fucking cool? Yeah, well, because you know what? The whole thing is like, if anybody has a lot of experience from an outsider's perspective, it's him, because he has to deal with all the uncomfortable shit that he made people feel all the time. Yeah. So now he knows probably pretty well, so he's probably like, wow. Well... And also, he, like, has a trans kid now, and he's yeah. like... Yeah, oh, his son, that's true. Oh, this is, this, like, maybe was a little fucked up, and maybe I should, like, say, hey, Nyla Rose is a woman, and she deserves the belt, because she's, like, a fucking brick house. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's right on track, but, I mean, it's obvious he is, I, but the thing is, that's kind of... A nice thing. I wish all our old timey wrestlers would lean into their shit like that and be like, "Yeah, some of the things I did were pretty bad, but I learned a lot from them, and now I better understand because there are people who've come to me and have said what you did really made me feel good, and then there are a lot of people who came to me and said what you <laughs> did really made me feel bad, and I learned from both of those." It's it's really like it's him and it's Kevin Nash. And the rest, like, will it, not say anything. Yeah, it does seem that way. I'm trying to think on the top of my head that anybody who's been like, yeah, wrestling taught me a lot of... I'm sure, like, Shane, the like, Hurricane. 
Oh, I'm yeah. Sure he's yeah. like, he seems to be on a lot of podcasts. I don't even listen to the stuff he's on, but. Okay, I don't know. so that was a, a Yeah, it was weird... a tangent, but it might be fun. When you listen to it, maybe it's good. We'll leave it in. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to leave it in just because we need to, uh, yet again, virtue signal that we are not transphobic. Oh, okay, yeah. You know? Man, if one of us was, though, that would be a real heel moment. <laughs> let's do it. Hold on. Let, let's do it. Re-record the no, whole thing. No, 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 <laughs> you didn't Come like on. My, wait a second. You don't like my Vince McMahon booking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Vince McMahon booking would be, like, even further than that, where one of us then is trans and the other person is like, oh, I need to beat you up now. Yeah. But then we end up kissing. We we end up kissing, but then that ends up being a subterfuge because one of us uh, has the hots for, like, I don't know, Trish Stratus. And yeah. is, like, trying to convince her that they're gay so that... Um, they can see her naked. They can see her naked in the in the changing room, right? Of course. That's absolutely it. You, you, we're, it's like, it's... It's like clockwork. We can just put it together immediately. It's it's like it's like a a two year storyline where every single beat is somehow worse than the one before it. The audience groaning every time, <laughs> just every time. Excuse me. The nowadays the audience groaning every time, but like 1998, every single time the audience being like, "Woo, yeah." Yeah, they're probably drunk off their ass. I are people you know what it is? I think that the audience wrestling audiences, this is another tangent, but I think this is a good point, are not actually getting smarter. They're not actually getting more socially conscious. <laughs> Beer prices are going up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it we is. We got fucking fifteen dollar beers in most arenas. Yeah. So people are like, I'll have one and sip it for the entire night exactly (laughs) instead of just like housing like and and security venue security is getting so much tighter because everybody's shooting each other all the time that you can't smuggle liquor in so you're just you can't be as drunk as you used to be when you watch wrestling think of how much shit they got away with just because people were fucking shithouse drunk yeah yeah all right, I guess we could get back to NXT, but this was pretty fun. This was a pretty fun conversation. If you guys like this, don't worry. This is the future. This is the future of the podcast after NXT TV ruins it for us. Hey, hey, Alec. Yeah. Good job with that conversation. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> good, jo- good job, Tristan. We do- we did good. We we did good, guys. <laughs> the tag team division. Yes. And uh, let me just start off with a question for you, Alec. Okay. Why are we doing the Dusty again? I always thought it was because it was an annual thing and it's every year. But didn't we just have it in, like, summer? Honestly, I'm not sure, but I think that this also plays into because it's on TV and those guys didn't see it. <laughs> and also, uh, do you remember when the last May Young Classic was? No. 2018. That makes sense. That's why I don't remember it. It was a long time ago. 
I just... You know what, though? Since we talked about it one time, I think, I, I think I've been thinking about it, and I think I know why they're not doing as much Mae Young. I think it's because all these other companies, by all these other companies, I mean AEW, and then also a lot of the indie companies that are actually getting their shit together and paying people, which we can only hope is like beyond and stuff like that, because they're cool. They're actually picking up a lot of women now, and I feel like there's less to draw into the Mae Young, but there still are plenty. There's still a lot. I mean, that's not an excuse, but I think that might be part of the reasoning. You could have a Mae Young that is majority people who are already working for the company. You could, but I always thought that was the point of it was to like bring in people. I mean, you could just change the point. They they now have a bunch of like a really good women's division. Yeah. And it might have been nice instead of immediately feeding Bianca Belair to Rhea Ripley if like if she won a Mae Young first. If there was a Mae Young to at least like give her something. Yeah. You know? Well, she should have won. Yeah. We're booking that it didn't exist. She should have won. You could even do it like the Dusty always does. Put <clears throat> Rhea Ripley in it. Mm. Kind of like the G1. Have her get fucked out of a match so that she's out of the contendership, but then she's gotten a bunch of wins over people, right? Yeah. Maybe she comes down to the final four and gets screwed out of a win. So she has a bunch of wins. She's obviously the champ. Bianca Belair gets to have a fucking trophy and be like, I'm May Young Classic winner. And then maybe she still loses, but at least she has the fucking trophy. Yeah. On the other side, we have the Dusty. Usually, I'm very excited for a Dusty, and this time I was not. They're all already tag teams in NXT, except for the Time Splitters. They reunited uh, Kushida with what's his name? Yeah. I always forget his name, but he's an amazing wrestler. I think I also forgot his name. What does he look like? He's like a white dude. Oh, damn. That could be anybody. <laughs> oh, it's Johnny Gargano, probably. Because she didn't Johnny Gargano. The time splitters. I kind of felt like you could just have some tag matches. Yeah. Oh, also, wait, hold on. There was one other non-tag team in there. Which was the guys that won the whole thing. This was the next thing that I was going to bring up. Right. The winners... Of the fucking Dusty Classic. Right. Are the Broserweights. Yes. Who, on two separate occasions, Morrow excitedly reminded us, and they've only wrestled together once. But the second time, twice before. I know. (sighs) But that's the wrong way to book it, because... Matt Riddle used to be in tag teams all the time. Pete Dunne was in British Strong Style. They're good tag wrestlers. You should have been playing that up instead of making it seem like they were just crushing a weak tag division, which is what it sounded like. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Even to the point of when they're going up against the Grizzled Young Veterans, an actual tag team. Yeah. 
and everybody's like, oh, grizzled young veterans are the underdogs here. It's like, what the fuck? Right. It got me so angry, but I had one consolation. I was like, well, obviously this means that they aren't going to win the belt. They win the fucking belts. I know. They win the belts, yeah. They did like a bunch of comedy skits about them getting to Portland, which were very stiff, but I did I did actually like them. I think that I, I, I really actually do kind of like their non chemistry that they have. Yeah, it's very good. It's very funny. And they're um, playing that up. They're not it, that's like conscious. They're oh yeah. Not even, yeah. Yeah. To take to take one of my favorite detours and talk about weird leftist political conspiracies. One of the vignettes is them uh, sneaking aboard a private plane. Yeah. At one point, Pete Dunne goes, how did you get a private plane? And Matt Riddle knowingly kind of looks into the camera and goes, oh, I know a guy. And my first thought was like, oh, Epstein. <laughs> this, this is Epstein shit. They're writing then, the Lolita Express. Yeah, and then and then Triple H comes out, and I was like, "Oh, that makes a lot more sense." I think I think booking your booking one of your top baby faces to be a personal <laughs> friend of Jeffrey Epstein is maybe a little a little unwise. <laughs> <laughs> no, until they showed Triple H, I was thinking basically the same thing. I was like, "Is was that really an Epstein thing? Like, this seems really <laughs> out of character. This is weird. And then Triple H shows up, and I was like, oh, Triple H. Yeah. Triple H, the game. Yeah, Would yeah. you like to play a game? Yes, of course. Although, there's no... There's no evidence that Triple H doesn't know Jeffrey Epstein, and that was how they got on that jet. Triple H is in the black book. Yeah, he might be. He might be under a different name. They don't know. Did you guys know his real name is Paul? Yeah. Paul. You're L. like you're like you're like some going French through. thing. I can't say it. And it's like uh, uh, Mike Bloomberg, uh, Bill Clinton, Paul Levesque. Who's that? That's some nobody. It's probably his pizza guy. <laughs> <laughs> his favorite pizza guy. He takes him on jet plates. Has little girls give him feet massages. Why why are there five stars next to his name? <laughs> Very interesting. Little picture of a little doodle of a of a of a sledgehammer and that racist <laughs> cross thing. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Maybe he's like a a a, a union leader. He's yeah, like that's a probably construction what it is. Guy. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That's <laughs> yeah, a, this yeah. sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, so they I, I I I like definitely have worms in my brain because like wow, I really shouldn't have thought that the first thing. Yeah, for from Matt Riddle of all people. <laughs> in this climate, in this climate, you're going to show me a private plane and have somebody like I know a guy. And I'm not supposed to think about Jeffrey Epstein? I think that maybe most people aren't thinking about Jeffrey Epstein right now. So I think you're you're maybe you're maybe right. You might you might have something wrong. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein didn't hang himself. Stone Cold Steve Austin gave him a stunner and broke his neck. <laughs> <laughs> that security guard? 
that that was mysteriously absent. I was Ralphus. <laughs> Jericho Security? That's not a real company. <laughs> Manhattan Correctional Facility hired APA. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. But they're very over. I mean, they're really over. Like, that's that's a deeper well that I'm going to be drawn like Tantalus back to multiple times, but we'll of move course. on for now. Of course. <laughs> um. Yeah, but they're really over, the two guys. They, wait, they did a great graphic design of the two logos of the bear mashed up with oh, the, yeah. the horse. I thought that was really cool. Loved loved the logo. Loved also really the logo that says Broserweight. Yeah. That yeah, that yeah. was more of a classic mashup, but it like worked together. They still don't know how to do uh theme mashups. No. Which but sucks. They shouldn't, because they had so many mistakes in the past where they just yes. mashed people's themes up and it was just them putting the two themes at the same time and it sounded bad. What what they need to do is get like an actual DJ. To like actually edit these together. Maybe they could get Poppy to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Io Shirai knows Poppy. Get Poppy. Yeah, she was on the last takeover, also. <laughs> They're best friends. She could get Io Shirai could get Poppy to edit you a fucking theme. Come on. I think Poppy's got a like copy of Cubase or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reason, right? Yeah, sure. Like, I don't know. It's it's weird, but they're they're so over though. Would they come out? They do like their little skits. People love them. And Matt Riddle has been doing. He's been making a shitload of weed jokes. Yes, a shitload of weed jokes. He did. He did. He just did this week. He said that the unfortunately the dusty cup could not be with them because it didn't pass the wellness violation. It had <laughs> a wellness violation or whatever. That's pretty good. And he said, "Yeah, guys, they do that here." <laughs> <laughs> I would have been so much happier if this was the start of a new tag team rather than the classic two singles wrestlers can beat up the whole tag division. You yeah. know? If like if like they had gotten to the final match and then lost that, I would have been so much happier than them going all the way and now like now your tag belt or you're on the I'm 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 happy with a tag belt being on two goofuses, but it's like two goofuses that don't even feel like a tag team. Was Donnie Blorch in the Dusty Classic? They weren't, right? I don't think so, no. They showed up, so they're they're challenging Riddle and and Dunn now. They had a match, but they're they're okay. probably gonna do a series or something with them. Why were they not there in the Dusty? Why were they not there? Because they are probably like the best, right? Like, who's who's the better tag team right now that we've got? Forgotten Sons? I mean, they're fucking on fire. Were Forgotten Sons in the Dusty? Uh, yeah, they were. Okay, they were. I, I, I'm forgetting the Dusty. So, if Doni Blorch is going to lose to the Broserweights, we have another whole Bianca Belair situation, which is like, no, you're supposed to be giving them the belt, not fucking always using them to put over somebody else. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was like all... I'm looking it up because I didn't remember who was in the Dusty. It's it's weird. 
It was like all NXT UK guys. Yeah. There's like Imperium. Yeah. Uh, Grizzled Young Veterans, uh, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, and Gallus, who's got Wolfgang and then some guy I don't know. So like that's not Joe Coffee, but his brother. Is it like Mark Coffee or something? I'm sure it is. <laughs> really weird. Yeah. So there's like a lot. That was interesting. Maybe they're trying to just push NXT UK. I mean, I know that they're running pay-per-views and stuff now. They're running one in Ireland. Yeah. Um, I don't know. So, you know, I I just... It was especially disappointing to find out that the Undisputed Era have lost all of their belts save one. Yeah. Because... Because I feel like they've finally hit their true heel stride. Undisputed Era are out-and-out bullies now. And it's the closest that they've gotten to actually being heels in a long time. There's one problem with that. And that's... They did racism to Kushida? Yeah, I agree. Well, that... No, I mean, I understand that, but Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong getting bullied by a Velveteen Dream is very weird. It makes Roderick Strong a little less of a bad guy to me. I don't know. And I wanted to talk about, we got a throwback this week. Roderick Strong literally said manhood and family in a promo. So it's just like it's I was half expecting Bobby Roode to come out. Oh, excuse me. Um Velveteen Dream said you don't have your belt anymore, but you do have your family. Right. And I was like, "Oh my god." Yeah. Velveteen Dream bringing up the old family bit, also implying he would sleep with Roderick Strong's wife if he died. A little weird. Very strange. Spray I mean, like, painting the kid's face on his <laughs> on his leg and the wife's face on his crotch and ass. A little spray painting. See, see that. I mean, that's like heel stuff. You know what I mean? That that is like classic Rick Rude stuff. Yeah, that is Rick Rude stuff. That is that is straight Rick Rude stuff. But the actual promo where you're like Roderick Strong, I'm angry at you, so I'm going to fuck your wife. Was like. This seems a little, like, too on the nose. Yeah, and also kind of like a bad guy thing. I think that they're trying to take him kind of... Well, no, they aren't. Because they're like, it doesn't matter because Roderick Strong is the bad guy. Yeah, everybody was still cheering for Dream, and they were, like, happy when he ripped off his pants to reveal the marina tights right before he did the finish. Because that's funny. That's good. Yeah. I like that. But this because was after uh, it was He's weird. always he's always done the the uh tights stuff. And so that still feels like something he would do. Yeah. But Velveteen Dream has never been, like when he was uh 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 having a feud with EC3, he wasn't like EC3, I'm going to make you suck my dick. You like what the fuck? <laughs> right. No. He was he was like you're a dumb poser, and I hate you. 
and I'm going to push you into a pool because you pushed me into, you know, like yeah. that kind of shit. But it's like implied, that. but it's implied we're going to fuck. I mean, like it's implied. Oh, it was homoerotic, but I don't know how much good you do to make the underlying sexual tension that drives Velveteen Dream explicit. Yeah, and also you know? it's weird when it's like delivered like a mafia threat. Like, what happens yeah, yeah. if something happens to you? Don't worry, I'll fuck your wife. It's like, what the fuck? I'll fuck your wife and raise your kid. That's very sinister. That's like two very of the big weird. heel. Yeah, yeah. That's like some of the biggest heel shit in wrestling history. That's Eddie Guerrero trying to take your kid away. Kind of going back to the Santina Morella stuff. I feel like that goes over so much better when people are a bunch of drunk hicks in the 90s and 2000s. And like nowadays we're like... When you're seeing that shit on Maury Povich every day, so you're not entirely sure that it's a real thing that's happening in the world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. For some reason in the last year, somebody was like, you know what we're bringing back? We're bringing back cuck shit. Yeah. And And it's not like... A cuck storyline where you might be like, this seems weird and out of place, but I'll roll with it. It's like five or six concurrent storylines across WWE are about somebody getting cucked. And it's like, this seems very strange. This seems like somebody backstage has a lot of psychology going on. I mean, who other than Triple H is involved in the production of all of the shows? I guess it's him, right? I mean, it's got to be him. Have you seen this website called Blacked? Oh, God. (laughs) I have have a new direction I want to take WWE in. And it's it's the Bang Bros uh, Blacked. It's great. Yeah. I mean, they're they're taking one more step towards just straight up becoming a porno company. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man! Hey Keith Lee. Uh, oh you God! Come on. <laughs> get some drinks with uh, with me and Steph. Oh God! I mean, yeah, that's that's probably something that's been happening. <laughs> I don't know. It's very weird hearing the conquering hero returning. I believe he was on NXT TV. Like two times before he left from an injury. So he's coming back to the TV audience who are fresh to him and don't really know what he's about. And he's saying, I'll fuck your wife when you're dead. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I know I'm repeating myself a lot. It's just so weird to get over that the big hero that everybody loves. I don't know. It's going to fuck your wife. <laughs> it's kind of like when Champa is throwing Austin Theory into barricades a thousand times and everybody's cheering. The first time he came back from an injury, he did the Roderick Strong has a small penis thing. Which is funny. And that's that's very funny. And that's... It's cruel, that's, but it's in response to being smashed up and stuff. That still feels like the tight stuff to me, which is... He's trying to get a rise out of the other person. Yeah. Right? But there are some people, like you've said, some people who have only ever seen this on TV, who their two exposures to the Velveteen Dream are, this guy has a small dick, 
and this same guy, I'm gonna fuck his wife and adopt his kid. They must think like, oh, he's a sexual predator. Yeah, he's he's a criminal. He's a sex monster. <laughs> he like goes around posing at people and like touching people's faces and saying that they have small dicks and he's gonna fuck their wife. He's dressed up like Hulk Hogan. Huge red flag. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, no, I don't think he's done that on NXT TV yet. Very weird to show Very this to strange. a new audience. That's undisputed era being bad guys, I guess. Somebody clearly was like, hey guys, you're going to have to try a bit harder to be heels. Yeah. And they were like, okay, let's just have every single vignette with us be us walking through the halls of NXT, kicking people in the nuts and shaving people's heads, doing real, like, cruel high school bully shit. That fucking works for me. Yeah, they needed to do something like that to make themselves bad guys again. But I think that's also part of the reason why they were dropping the belts, because otherwise everybody's cheering for them all the time. So then I guess the guy that everybody calls the Sicilian psychopath is the good guy. Yeah, the guy that we're chanting psycho killer at. Even though he's literally jumping out of closets with a lead pipe and beating four guys half to death. Yeah. We're like, yes, they deserved it. They did shave that nerd's head, and that was mean to do. So let's cause them bodily harm and put them in the hospital. Well, that's the wrestling way, baby. Yeah, I guess so. Why do we watch this again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because we're like uh, weird, bloodthirsty, craven assholes, I suppose. Yeah, that probably sounds right. (laughs) Don't forget dumbs. We're big dumbs. Oh, huge dumbs. Um, And speaking of dumbs, we have the Adam Cole Champa match that you have already touched upon. But just to resummarize, your feelings were a pretty good match, right? No. <laughs> I didn't watch the match, so I don't know. I read a lot of stuff about how there were like 5,000 false finishes, which people were getting pissed off about, which I probably would have got pitched off about too. But That's I didn't a fucking see takeover match, though. I don't know. I... I didn't watch it, so I can't comment on the match, but I can comment on the finish, and I think it's wild that we're supposed to be doing, we're going back to the same well, and we're going to take out Johnny and, and Tommaso again, and I think that that's yeah. a big problem. I think that they're doing it and for the TV audience. And also, so soon. Yeah, because they're, they're doing it for the TV audience. They missed out on some of the classics and great stuff, but what does that mean for us, who've already watched it? Bring fucking uh, 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 Andrade back and yeah. have him have a couple matches. I mean, I would actually be shirt. all for that. Yeah. No, I would too because those were some of the best matches. Get him to call uh, uh, Johnny Johnny Loser again. Yeah. Johnny Jobless. Johnny Loser. Yeah. Johnny Jobless. Oh, I hurt Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's weird that we're going backwards. And I feel like that's where we're going with the title picture. Because even though Cole is hanging on to it, you got to assume that unless they do something smart and they bring somebody from completely out of the storyline to challenge, which hopefully they will, it's going to be like Johnny Finn 
Tommaso trying to fight for the belt. And also, Johnny and Tommaso hate each other again. The only good thing about Broser Waits winning the tag belt is it makes you pretty certain that Matt Riddle is not in championship contendership. Right. What, like three months ago, we were talking about like Matt Riddle and Keith Lee both don't have belts. Yeah. And Ciampa. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. You know? They're and now at least belts. two of them have belts. They've, like, narrowed it down. Yeah. But then, like you said, by narrowing it down, it just makes it like, oh, great, we're going to get a bunch of things that we've already seen. The only thing that we haven't seen yet is Adam Cole, Finn Balor, right? It wasn't on a takeover, but it, it was a match. So we've seen it all. I mean, I don't know. I feel like you need to bring somebody else. I think you need to bring somebody into it, into the title picture. The only thing I could think of that's making this, that would make this better, and it kind of sounds like they're doing this, is maybe get Johnny and Champa off of the championship track, which is, I think, what they're doing with the grudge match now. They're not going to deal with the belt. Um, which and then, is fine. Yeah, that is again, fine. Again, it's just like you couldn't find two other people for them both to feud with. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's a good way to get them out of the title picture, but now we have to watch it again, which is not a bad thing, but it is a bad thing because it's retreading stuff we've seen. You know what would have been a much better thing to have happen if you wanted to have this finish? Finn Balor is the one that comes in and fucks everything up. Because then you can have a long feud between Finn Balor and Ciampa and that hasn't fucking been done yet, right? Yeah, that they they I think they had they had like a match or something. Yeah, but, like, but it's not a yeah. They didn't have like a fucking grudge, you know. And I feel like that could go a while. Yeah, and that's how you could kind of make Champa more of a good guy. I mean, like right now he's uh, he's a good guy only because everybody's cheering for him. The shit that he's doing is nasty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's a nasty weird freak who wears uh cargo pants leggings like you have to be a fucking psychopath to wear those yeah just insane i mean it's good i'm sure we'll be getting good matches it's just weird that we're going backwards in so many ways they had a couple missteps here and there which is like yeah you're putting on a like two and a half hour three hour show that's that's gonna happen sure try not to be too too down on everything i yeah no no, no. i think the rest of it was was probably very good. I mean, I'm sure the whole thing was good. There's a reason we're talking about it this way, and I guess this is a good way to really close things out. We did watch TakeOver, and we brought it up before, and here's the reason why. It's not on Hulu. It's nowhere. I can't nowhere. watch it. Everybody's saying, oh, it's on the network. What the fuck is that? I'm not the doing network. the network. What's the network? Saudi Arabia blood fund money? I'm not doing it. Oh, see... So you- See, I was just pretending like I didn't know what the network I was. I know what it is. You can't make me get a subscription. <laughs> you assholes. We're not doing that shit. I'm setting up a spare computer just so I could pirate this shit. I'm done with it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm not, I, I can't believe we can't watch takeovers. We can't even watch. We were bitching about how we can't watch half of the matches. And now we can't even watch takeovers. Were the takeovers on? T- Let me ask you a question: Was it takeover on TV, or is it now? Is it the only way you can watch it is the network? I think the only way that you can watch it is the network now. 
So that's really ridiculous because there's a ton of people who are watching the TV show who you are trying to get them to like be fans of NXT and watch your weekly TV show. Yeah, but the weekly TV shows have always been geared to fucking sell pay-per-views. Yeah, but it's not doing that, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, uh, losing the Hulu takeovers was a big blow. But this brings up a question that I've asked you a couple of times over the past couple of months. And uh, I think that it would be fun to explore it in the final moments today. Mm-hmm. Do you want old NXT back? I kind of do. There are some things I like about new NXT, and I don't want to sound like a real bum, so I'm going to list out some of those things. I kind of like some of the new promo stuff. They're doing more like live backstage things. They're doing more fun things. Like I liked when they were saying something to the camera and then going on on stage. I thought that was fun. There's like a lot of cute, nice new things that they're doing. They got some cash, and so they can have, like, production value Yeah, now. their production Which is Which is, better. I will say, kind of a double-edged sword for me, because on the one hand, I love these, like, you know, the long tracking shots walking through the halls of NXT, the, like, going from backstage to in the ring. Love that stuff. But... Now they're fucking too good to do a loading docks prime. I know. They're too good to, they're too good to have AOP just standing around in a stairwell. It's it's like, weird that we haven't seen eight regular employees using the voice memo app on their phone to record people <laughs> I, I during their like press conferences. That was And really... you know, I I haven't brought this up yet. Yeah. But um a few weeks ago on AEW so Chris Jericho had blinded John Moxley in one of his eyes with one of the studs off of uh, Chris Jericho's leather jacket. Sure. And so then a couple of weeks later, John Moxley accosted Santana of Santana and Ortiz and blind Santana. He says, an eye for an eye. And then the next week... They have a promo where they are just in a cinder block stairwell in the arena, all of the inner circle. And at one point, Santana, with an eye patch on, grabs the mic from Chris Jericho and gets all the way up in the camera's lens and starts yelling at John Moxley. And I was like, this fucking rules because A, I've been waiting for these kinds of promos again. Yeah. NXT NXT doesn't have them, but even better, it fucking looked like uh, like some of those early Wu-Tang music videos where they just like we need this to be cool, but uh we don't have any money. Let's just shoot it in one of our projects stairwells. You thought maybe for a second you saw Paul Ellering at the top of the stairs? Oh, yeah. Paul Ellering or Ghostface. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the two. Because it was one of the members of LAX, and I was like, yeah, this is real New York energy. I think that you're right about the promo style. I do miss that a lot. But I there are things that I like about it. I, I think the booking is still solid, although the tag team booking was very weird. You were right to bring that up. 
But I missed some other things. I mean, seeing Kona Reeves come out and just get decked and squashed, it was good to see him again. But I miss him. I wanted him to open his mouth. I wanted him to start talking. I missed I missed our dumb dumb jobbers. I miss being able to watch every match and see what's going on. I mean, it's you know, there are certain things I really miss about NXT, old NXT. And it's not just the takeovers, it's also has to do with the TV. New NXT so far has had a a kind of dearth of just the goofy fun stuff that it used to have, which again is one of the reasons why yeah, they were kind of stiff, but I was so happy for the Broserweights interstitial stuff. Yeah. The little vignettes, I was like, oh yeah, this feels like something that they would have done like two or three years ago with EC3 and uh, uh, somebody else, you know? Like, right. This this feels like old, goofy NXT, and you don't need to take the wrestling less seriously to have goofy shit like that. Yeah, and I think that that's something that I still like about NXT, so I'm glad that's still there to some extent. Hopefully they're realizing their mistake because we've been getting more of it, and if they can... Continue to bring back people like Kona Reeves. We never found out what the fuck the Riddick Regimen was. I, what the hell happened to him? Come on. Could we bring that guy back? I miss my boys. I want Sabatelli back. I feel like he still works for them. I don't know what's going on. We're not fucking expecting them to get wins over Keith Lee. We just want them to, like, say stupid shit. Where the fuck is Bugenhagen? I feel like 70% of the reason that I'm still hanging on to NXT is just because at some point, fucking Stokely is going to walk out. He's got to. I mean, we saw him at fucking, we saw him at an Evolve show for fuck's sake. He's better be there. Apparently, um, uh, he's been coming out at house shows and his gimmick is going to be because he's no longer Stokely Hathaway. Right. He's now Malcolm Bivens. Right. And his gimmick is he comes out in a light gray suit and his entrance image just says Bivens Enterprises. And he's trying to get people to be a part of a stable he's putting together. And everybody tells him to fuck himself. God, get him on the show. Yeah, see, Put him on the show. That would be a great thing to have people... That would be a wonderful thing to watch on TV. Because you know who would eventually say yes? Kona Reeves. Exact, that's exactly right. <laughs> oh. They're going to literally bribe one of the heavy hitters. And it's going to be like Dominic Dijakovic yeah, exa- and that's exa- a bunch of... A bunch of like fucking C-listers, ex- and he's gonna be so angry all the that's time. Exactly, it's gonna be great. That's exactly what I was thinking. Dijak, after he loses everything and he hits rock bottom, and they're just like, "We'll pay you a lot." He's like, "Fine, <laughs> fine, whatever." Oh, and then he's just beating up weenies for like a year before he finally gets out of that stable and becomes like a hero, and then he's a baby face. Fucking power bombing Malcolm Bivens. Yeah, just smashing him through like three tables. The riotous cheers of everybody in the audience. Just the smallest, goofiest looking dude in the world getting his ass kicked by a seven foot tall giant. I I think 
I really think that that could work so well. And if we if we had him on there, if we just got if we just got Stokely on there, they're getting some of that energy back. I'm very excited for. But really, if they weren't moving in that direction, just seeing some fan photos from some of those house shows with Malcolm Bivens in it, that would probably give me enough energy to like. I just got to hold out a little bit longer. Yeah. Well, it's not like this stuff is bad. I mean, but I'm coming at it from a different place than you because you are watching a re- a weekly wrestling show. And I'm still, I mean, I'm kind of keeping up with power and stuff like that. But I mean, it's yeah. not, yeah, it's not the same. I've really dropped off on uh, on Beyond and I got to get back into that. Yeah. Cause but it's, it's, love, it's, love those. Yeah. Perfectly straddling that serious wrestler knows how to be goofy shit. I've been loving fucking Bronson Reed. Yeah. Oh, he's Bronson good. Bronson Reed is so good. He's he's very good. We we could bring him into stuff. I mean, he would be wonderful to have in more matches. He's we've seen him a couple of times though since TV. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad. But like I I really like his like, you know, they set him up as both somebody to be feared as a wrestler and a guy who comes out with the phrase "thick boy" on his Titantron, and it's like that is that is the perfect balance, yeah. for me. It's you know? it's good. I I like him a lot. I, even I, even I, the fact that he does that like that like over the top mean mugging, it's like, yeah, yeah. No, he's great. Perfect. He he should not be trying to do the Finn Balor like I'm serious angry face. He should be like just frowning as hard as he can because he's a giant, a giant boy that's completely spherical and is about to like roll over you. Yeah, no, I like it. I think, I think it's good. I think he's wonderful in there. There are other guys that I kind of hope to see more of. I mean, we have seen a lot more of Cameron Grimes. I want to keep seeing Cameron Grimes. I wish, you know, put him in a feud with Roderick Strong. Maybe Roderick Strong can use a road flare to burn that hat. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be pretty good yeah i i would love that because cameron grimes is really good at wrestling and i'm really enjoying watching him wrestling i i would love to smash that hat with my own hands i i still i still love his like fucking uh uh southern rock roadie gimmick i think that having a leather top hat and a big fucking beard is like Oh hell yeah! This guy fucking uh, uh, sets up the bass amps for Creedence. I if if <laughs> I if I was in a feud with him, my chief uh, rivalry moment would be to replace his entrance music with Spin Doctors. <laughs> that be that's yeah that's great. I think that that would destroy him. And I think just just the antithesis of everything that he's about. Yeah, and also the thing that he looks the most like. <laughs> I don't know why you keep saying spin doctors. He does not look like he spin looks doctors. like he could be playing in the spin doctors with that stupid leather hat and or like blind melon or something like so. One of those 90s. Come on. That's what he looks like to me. I don't know how you're reading him that I, way. I definitely am. So so you've like never seen a photo of like Leonard Skinner. I mean, I know that he's trying to go for that. It's not coming off that way. 
What are you talking about? To me, it's coming off like a like one of those like '90s pop rock bands. Well, you're I, look, fucking insane. I'm just saying. Look, put, look, book me in a match with him. You'll see what happens. <laughs> I think I do a great job. I do all these like stupid gimmick attacks on him. He'd smash me once. I come up with a bloody nose and pass out. Go to the hospital, and it would be perfect. He'd look like a real monster. <laughs> I'd look like a fool. But everybody would laugh at his dumb, stupid hat, and maybe he'd get rid of it. Well, people are already laughing at his dumb, stupid hat. I know. Uh, they hate that hat. I really hate that fucking hat. <laughs> <laughs> he put it. He put it on the turn. He put it on the turnbuckle during one of the things that somebody was like chanting, "Hit the hat" or whatever, like. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I think somebody from off, off from from off uh, screen grabbed it and put it put it away, so people wouldn't talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's it's a terrible hat. <laughs> he could think be, about what it smells oh, like. If they want to take him to a goofy place, he would be wonderful to be in Bivens Enterprises. <laughs> <laughs> Just a real sourpuss. I'm sure that backstage they could probably get along, but. In terms of gimmicks, there is no overlap between those two. No, characters. none whatsoever. <laughs> you have you have a guy who uh, is still listening to '90s R&B on his uh, disc man, and then you have this guy who's like uh, leather hat, jean vest. Listen to some of that swamp rock, baby. Yeah, and then Kona Reeves is there. Carter Reeves and Riddick Moss are massaging each other with that weird personal massager. Once they put Bivens on the on on the show, we can start talking about Bivens coming out for the Royal Rumble. Oh, like that's gonna happen, and it's going to be very good. Bivens playing chess against Brock Lesnar in the middle of the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bivens playing playing Monopoly against Brock Lesnar in the middle of the ring. Bivens challenging Johnny Gargano to a game of lawn darts. <laughs> Bivens yelling at Kona Reeves that he's spending too much money on food and teaching him how to make a cheese sandwich. Bivens... Uh, attempting to bribe the ref with $20 to do a fast count on Champa versus Cameron Grimes. Yeah, I see I like I like where it's going to go. It's going to go very well. Okay, I take back everything that I've been saying. Uh NXT is very good. Um I'm very excited for NXT. I only watched half of the episodes this month, but uh I'm a diehard fan. Can't stop. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's hope in our hearts, and that's the best way to have it. Oh, my God. Okay. So, yeah, what's NXT? NXT is good. It is. It is, and we're only watching half of it, because <laughs> even if you watch every episode, you're getting half of the matches. So that's what NXT is, and it's pros. It's very fun to watch. Cons. Uh, I'm not watching all of it. <laughs> They're trying to convince us to give money to the WWE Corporation, which we refuse to do. Right. 
This is push-pull. Uh, I think that this is called a dialectic. Yeah, that's what it's called. Sure. There, 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 there are two conflicting uh, did we, drives did we, did in Did I us. cut that out of the last one or did I not? I don't know. No, I think that you left that in. I think that my new bit is calling everything a dialectic. Yeah, that sounds good. That's your gimmick. <laughs> Johnny Gargano, he's a dialectic. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Velveteen Dream uh, fucking Roderick Strong's wife. That's, that's well, got to be a dialectic. Okay, now that is, that is a dialectic. <laughs> <laughs> that's been What's NXT... I've been Tristan Marsh. I've been Alec Basio. You can contact me. I'm at Enemy of Both on Twitter. You can check out my Instagram with drawings from my comic. Instagram at Undisputed Artist. That's also my name on Patreon. Why don't you go over there? Throw us a couple bucks. I might share some of it with Alec. You can also get my comics there. I've been putting out a lot of comics. They're good. You should read them. They are good. Alec, do you have anything? Nah, I'm good this time. That's it. You can also contact us. What's NXTpod at gmail.com. Please send us a question. Send us a comment. Send us anything. We would love to read your emails. Tune in next time to find out. What's... You were supposed to say what's What's next. What's next? (laughs) What's NXT? You like my my pregnant pause? Yeah. You gave birth during that pregnant pause. (laughs) Nine fucking months.